callback to a listener, Joe, yeah. who is now educating us that said St. Arnold saved his followers from the plague by suggesting they drink beer instead of water. There you go. Here's Why didn't St. we Arnold. think of that a year ago? There you go. He also <laughs> Why beer. didn't we, Dr. <laughs> Fauci? You're no St. Arnold. I mean, everybody would have been a lot calmer. <laughs> that's, that's true. Wear a mask and bottoms up could have been how we started this pandemic. I mean, listen, it that's, is how, that's we how I did the first pandemic. four months of the pandemic. <laughs> no, you're right. Who am I kidding? It is how we did it. We just didn't quite say it out loud, you know? Oh, I said it out loud. Well, okay. I didn't say it from the pulpit. Let me put it that way. It Welcome to episode 191, our St. Patrick's Eve special of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brew pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. You can catch new episodes weekly as the Reverends Brian Burkoff, Shannon Weston, and Ogan Holder address and engage what's happening through a theological lens with a good brew in hand. And that good brew might be in one of these you're watching uh, online pub theology live tumblers exclusive to you if you donate 25 dollars or more to nokidhungry.org it's an organization across the country helping to feed families in need as we emerge out of this pandemic and beyond please help us to feed hungry kids nokidhungry.org 25 dollars or more dm us proof of your donation and we will send you free of charge one of these magnificent pub theology tumblers pint glasses oh today we're talking saint patrick assimilation pure religion and hell and hell um so ogan we're gonna start with you because we're gonna have some special drink in a minute but you so what you I'm got drinking, left out of that one so <laughs> as we all know i'm packing up to move and i got like this much irish whiskey irish irish whiskey i haven't drunk irish, yet. Irish i promise, whiskey. I promise. <laughs> Yeah. This much uh, Irish whiskey left, so I'm um, heading to my new favorite again. Uh, nice. Whiskey ginger. There we go. Just Keeping a touch of the Irish. It's the best. All right, so Brian and I are drinking black and tans. Yeah. And Brian, what are you? So Guinness, of course. Well, I've, the got black the, and, yeah, I've got the, a Guinness. The uh, black for, of the black and tan. What is uh, your tan? My tan is uh, Open Gate Brewery, Baltimore Blonde. Okay. Nice. So that's a Guinness made in Baltimore. Also made by Guinness in mm-hmm. Baltimore. So I'm going with the traditional harp, um, which is an Irish Dublin made lager, um, also brewed by Guinness. So um, since the harp, since the harp, like they have the same. So I was saying to the gentleman before um, that. So there's all kinds of ways you can do black and tan. The point is, is that you need to have a lager or an ale as so it's heavy enough to float the top. So my favorite version of this is actually Smithics and Guinness, but I decided to go traditional today. So that's what I'm doing. So um, if you're watching, you're going to watch a little tutorial on how to teach Brian how to do a black and tan. So I'm going to move down my thing. So you see my glass. 
for um, the record, I've enjoyed black and tans. I've just never properly poured one. So Shannon, there's, help me out. There's nothing wrong with a mix, right? It tastes delicious. <laughs> right. It just does. It tastes delicious. All right, let's move yes. those back. All right, so open them up. Open them up. Open them up. Love that sound. All right, so you're going to do a nice, clean pour, very little foam um, with your lager. I've got the, or the lager first. The lager first. I've got the nitro ball inside my Guinness where it like explodes a little oh, nitro yeah. to smooth it out. So it's like the, the pour yeah. at the pub. Yeah. So, okay. I don't know all the science. I should know all the science. I don't know all the science. This is a heavier. So it's going to float on. It's, it's something, something to it. So um, there's your tan. Clergy doesn't, if the clergy profession doesn't work out, uh, I don't think we can fall back on bartending. I don't think, you know <laughs> what? Like I actually think I'd be you a don't great think bartender. our viewers are mesmerized, Ogan? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm a great bartender. But, but why? Because <laughs> so, okay. what could go wrong now? So we've got about half, half tan, yeah. right? Yeah. Now this is where I have a special um, turtle, Ooh. which is called the loggerhead black and tan turtle. Perfect. Um, it's even gotten a patent number on it and everything. So I'm just going to put that one on my glass. Oh, look like at this. that. Look at that. I've got so a spoon. What, you've got a spoon. So you're going to turn, see how is his, the curve? Oh, the concave up. The concave up and just kind of place it over. And you're going to slowly pour your Guinness on that. Ah. And so that way it doesn't, it's not a straight down. It's going to kind of um, filter go down the, the sides of the glass. Filter around the sides. Yeah. I love it. So pour it okay. slowly. You go first. Let me watch this right. in action. All done. I should Welcome to right Pub up. Theology Mixology. So it, you know, it mixes because it hits it and then it should filter up. All right, I'm going to hold mine up so folks can see mine as well. Pour slow, pour slow. Is that the key, Ogan? Slow. That, 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 yeah, that's the key. It's the, key going fast. It's gonna... the key is slow because if it goes fast, it'll mix too quickly and it won't separate. Yeah. So you almost want it to, to like, mix. It, it'll mix it first. It'll mix it first because it it's just the way it is. And then you got to like wait for... It's almost like coffee, right? The way coffee drips. That's kind of what the look you want. I can see separation. Look at this. Audience. Yep. Yep. And then you kind of got to. Can I just say it. it's it's technically the most racist drink in the world. We're going to we're going to segregate our lights from our darks. But they're both delicious. Equally delicious. <laughs> equally delicious. Oh, I did not say they were equally delicious. <laughs> okay. They're better together. How about that? No, everyone knows. Everyone knows black. Spirit. We're just gonna edit once, this whole thing out of the once, podcast. Once you go black, everybody knows that. All right, Come so on. now we gotta wait there and see it if is. it worked. There it is. I don't know that mine worked. No, it's worked. We'll see. I've definitely got some light on the bottom, but it's it's like two thirds dark and one third lighter. Yeah, and that's you know, sometimes it doesn't always work. Like it's just part of the game. It's part of the fun. I think mine mixed. This is same, way better same. than what I did the other night, though, because I just poured them together and I'm like, hey, in. they're supposed to be separated. St. Yeah. Patrick would be proud of us. Um, so, yeah, I'm not. So mine's mixed. Mine's mixed well, up. Mine didn't. Mine didn't. I've got a partial success here. Let me See, get... there you go. Cheers. See, sometimes I haven't the like 
it just doesn't work sometimes. So there you go. See? Anyway, it's delicious either way. Right. Salute. Salute. I actually, quite honestly, this is horrible, but I actually prefer them mixed together. <laughs> and in the Irish, cilantro. 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 I won't tell you how okay. I know to remember that. There was there was a little more whiskey in that bottle than I thought. Woo! A little whiskey in my glass. Giddy up. Oh my god. All right. So Brian's question, not mine. Who is your favorite saint and why is it St. Patrick? <laughs> it's that, not. <laughs> that's well, that's tongue in cheek for the week. Of course it is. Of course it is. Of course it is. I don't have a favorite saint. I'm not up on my saints. I don't know. Although the saints. I, I don't like snakes, so I'm a like St. Patrick's kind of up there because he drove out all the snakes. So that's well, you know. yeah, and not a myth. I don't know. I, They're all myths. Trying to get into that. Yeah, but I think that's one of the because they weren't snakes to begin with, or or myth or legend of snakes or truth myth or legend, and it kind of the same. Those kind of the same. Check, checking to see how strong that whiskey was. My bit, favorite saint. Okay. My favorite saint is Saint Benedict. Benedictine. Benedictine rule. Benedict. 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 The Benedictine rule. Oh. Um, that his understanding of hospitality is just my jam. So. So wait, did they teach you? You didn't have a Catholic upbringing, did you? Or did mm, I miss a that? little bit? Oh, a little. Okay, because I was like, mm -hmm. they didn't teach this in in Presbyterian. No, Seminary. God, no, no, no. Right. This is very anti-Presbyterian. Yeah. Um, I also like Saint Bridget because she's the saint of beer, and yes, that's, I'm very yeah, pro was, Saint Bridget. I was gonna go Saint Bridget because she said I'd like to give a lake of beer to God, and every drop would be a prayer. Mm. Nice. You did get some separation. Yeah, it. Yours it is worked. good. Yeah. Yours is good. So yeah, so um. I like St. Bridget. Um, yeah. Uh, who's the other? Do we have Protestant saints? We we don't. <laughs> I mean, we, we're do we like, get to borrow like the like because it's the Church Universal, right? We can just borrow Catholic. Is it though? Saints? <laughs> is it? Is it Universal? Especially after this week with the Pope, you know, oh, the Pope signing off. Well, and, well on, we got to pick and choose what uh, we claim here. <laughs> And I just listen. I I I am. I mean, there's the stories of the Irish ancestry, which is actually proven by 23andMe now. Like I got my stamp of approval that that's oh, you, accurate. Your Irish ancestry, mm -hmm. yeah, not St. Patrick's, because not St. Patrick's. No, mine, mine. Not the red hair giveaway, or is that just a <laughs> is that just a stereotype? It's actually um, that is so interesting. Do you want to know this? Mm. So people from Ireland, Scotland, UK area um, are naturally brunette. Oh. And the Vikings who came and conquered and oh. raped and pillaged brought the red hair. Well, all right then. Yeah, so, so that's how- Viking blood in you as well. I'll mm -hmm. see your Thor that explains a lot. black and tan. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's how the red hair came to Ireland. Because uh. it was a very, you know, uh, is Eric the red, you know, that whole, Guys. yeah. Right. So that's, that's how the red hair came to that. And so it's actually um, somebody, I mean, yes, there are redheads obviously there and that's very prominent, but it's more a brunette. Um, and um, it's, it's actually, 
it's not at this point, I don't think it's like a hard cultural thing, but it is like one of those like, ooh, that feels that right. feels yucky, you know, um, kind of deal. Well, that's that's so. history, period. Exactly. 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 <laughs> Like, so what about if there was a saint of the last like century, you know, like starting mm. from 1900 till now, last 120 years? Uh, Mother Teresa, wasn't she sainted? Was she sainted? Well, Mother Teresa was sainted, but That's I'm true. thinking more, I think both MLK and Malcolm X should be sainted. Yeah, I was going to say civil rights icons. Civil yeah. rights icons. Um, Bonhoeffer, I think. Yeah should so wait so the up the, there. the 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 scant peripheral knowledge i know around this isn't like aren't there certain like benchmarks to meet sainthood one of them is they had to have performed a miracle or yeah so one people... you have to be catholic oh okay well so well, well that takes one, care of a whole bunch exactly <laughs> number one you have to be catholic um number two you have to have performed a miracle and then some other things like some, yeah mm. maybe right. it's even two i don't even know like there you have to have two proven because i even remember when mother Teresa was being sainted and they were like i mean really <laughs> what's I mean, a miracle you know they were like this is gonna happen we're just gonna say some stuff you know <laughs> I mean, Saint Ogan has a ring to it. I'm just gonna mm. say. Um, I'm gonna say one one day we'll actually do some research before we show up for the show. We're just I mean, spitballing here. We really All these Protestants are like, "What is the saint? What is the saint?" No, I mean, I know a lot of them. I mean, there's Catherine of Siena, and yeah. I mean, Julian of Norwich is sainted, for sure. and for sure. you know, all of these. Um, and listen, I don't need Catholic sainthood. Ogan is already an African deity. I'm good. You're good. You're good I'm, to go. I'm, I'm, I'm um, good. I'm the god I'm, of iron. I'm just a river. I'm just a, a, a river. <laughs> just a river. An old river in Ireland. Shannon, it's, it's um, you know. I was going to say not just a river in Egypt, but that's something else. No, that's something else. Um, <laughs> but Brian, the way you spell your name is, I mean, I know you're a little more east than ireland you know but right. i know the dutch is i didn't know if that spelling is i i couldn't tell you yeah i think my brother my brother-in-law is uh brian with an o the y and the o oh i like that I, I think that's actually more that, could, that can be easily though um transmuted into byron it can but it's not but it's not exactly <laughs> and i've been called byron i've been called byron and brain I don't know how you get brain out of Brian, yeah. but people do it. Because people would name their kid brain. <laughs> anyway, whatever. I But listen, I have never, um, I have enjoyed myself as St. Patrick's Day. Um, my That is not for me and our family. That is not something we do a lot. We are, we're in it for the long haul, right? Like we are more St. Patrick's Day regularly people. We don't need a special day set aside to drink too much. Um, that's, gotcha. if, if you look at that Irish side, that's the way it goes. We did create rules around it one time and we were all together as a family. And there's like 40 of us, by the way, cause Catholic, um, and we created rules one day that we all agreed on. It was almost like if you wrote it down, like what are the rules about drinking? And it was before 10 o'clock is not okay. Unless you're still drunk from the night before. Oh, Hair of the dog. That was the agreement of the family. Yeah. Wow. 
There you go. The hair of the dog exception. So I don't have on, rules. It's on, basically drink when you want. It's fine. And so the other half of that family is German. So we're just screwed. We're just, oh, there oh, you yeah. go. we love our beer. We love our whiskey. We love it all. No we don't uh, care. Joe on Facebook uh, weighed in with Arnold of Soissons. Patrons I don't know who there. that is. I don't know who that is either. Yeah. You may have to look that one up. Thanks for tuning in though. Yeah. I don't, listen, I don't actually have a, problem with sainthood but i also appreciate being part of a denomination that doesn't have it so i i, I just right. don't have it because i personally don't feel a big thing about it but i will say that i have been very moved um when i was in israel or when i visit cathedrals here or when i'm you know in greece even and these these um icons and statues and I think it's beautiful. I really do. I think it's a beautiful way to have faith. And if that brings you closer to God, I think that's amazing. So it's just not part of my personal, like my heritage now. Presbyterians don't have it. Calvin was very against it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and again, because like all things, it can become a power dynamic. And he was no saint. No, he was not. In Irish culture, centered around the rich tradition of oral legend and myth, and as such, stories of St. Patrick's life became exaggerated over the centuries. What? Spinning exciting tales to remember history has always been part of the Irish way of life. Given that much of the Bible was oral tradition before it was written down, at what level do you imagine that biblical stories were exaggerated, modified, or even made up a later date at a later date to serve the purpose of the authors? Does this take away from the inspiration or holiness of the writings of scripture? So just to jump in, I, yes, I Yes, it takes away from the holiness. Yes to all um, the above. <laughs> I mean, well, I want to go back to that first of like. I want to acknowledge that like oral legend and myth is popular in multicultural, like yeah, this is ubiquitous not... across culture. Ancient yeah. Cultures. Um, Cause it's the way you didn't, there was no way to write things down or if there was, there was no way to replicate yeah. those. So yeah. it was all, it was all oral tradition. And you had to jazz it up a little bit to hold the attention of your audience. Right. Much like we do. A lot of these, yeah. A lot of these things were mundane sort of events. You had, to, you had to add a little spice. As I always say, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. If you <laughs> needed to add a talking donkey to keep the kids' attention, you know, I mean, you, you do what saying. you got to do. Yeah. Just saying. We have ventriloquists still today. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> well played. Well played. I mean, I think this is, so does it take away from me? No, from scripture. Absolutely not. So I you're think, conceding, yes, that uh, biblical stories were before they were written down, embellished, exaggerated. I think would that you happened, go so far as I, I, to say made up? I, I, don't, I, I think that happened even when they were being written down and translated. Like, yeah, right. yeah. I think so there was oh, oh, and that's, that's yeah. proven actually, you know, right? right? Exactly. That the monks would change something because they thought it was better. Um, look, exactly. okay, let's take the, the Gospel of Mark and let's take the alternate ending. Right. There so the writer of, of the gospel of Mark, you gotta, you gotta read past the credits for that one. Right. Exactly. You gotta, you gotta wait for the end scene. It's Zack Snyder <laughs> cut of well, Mark. So, so you go to the gospel of Mark Easter morning comes, the women go to the tomb. 
they see this man in dazzling white, you know, this angel, quote unquote, he is not here, he is risen. They run away because, and they told no one because they were afraid. The end. And then somebody comes along and says, that we can't, that's, mm-mm. Because <laughs> if they t- if they told no one, why do we have Christianity? Well, how do we know? Thing, you right? know, yeah, exactly. And so somebody kind of tacked on this ending that was like, and everything's fine, and everybody's okay, and blah 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 blah. You know, and and kind of tacked on this ending, and we see it all the time. We see it with Paul's letters in Scripture. We see it with Paul's letters. Um, Moses supposedly wrote the first five books of the Bible including the story of his death and yeah. burial like and his birth yeah. and his birth you know like okay he was a man of foresight can you say? i mean now you can write about the story of your birth you can't write about the story of your death you don't know that <laughs> <laughs> all right how much of that was near you drinking <laughs> this is not a judgment just a curiosity <laughs> listen moses was very clear that he was done with these people mm-hmm. right he got them to to the edge of the promised land, and he's like, "I have had enough, of y'all. I am not going into this promised land with you. I, I'm done. I can't handle you all anymore. I'm gonna write about my death, and I'm just gonna hang out here. And, and I'm gonna go I'm up good. to this mountain and there die. You go. And sit yeah. there. I maybe we don't know what happened. No, no, but look at every time. Every okay, let's take the Old Testament, the war times example, and then they slaughtered every last one of them. Right. That is actually an exaggeration in storytelling during that time to yeah. say we won the war. It's a stylistic yeah. literary device. Literary device, right? And then all of them were dead. Well, we know that's <laughs> not true. W- like, welcome to the these... book of Revelation, right? And exactly, I... <laughs> right? Like, so yeah, it's, but the the point is not whether or not it's exaggerated, right? The The point is deeper than that. If you're stuck on a number or I can't believe in the Bible because Moses couldn't write his own death, like, then you're missing the point. Then you've been handed a poor view of scripture to begin with. Exactly. That's my, yes, I agree. I agree. This goes back to scriptural literalism as well, right? Like it says right here, this, this, and this, you know. Which which was, which was the, the uh, catalyst for my first real, like, um, spiritual crisis crisis of faith yeah. right yeah, yeah. when sure. when it was like oh wait this this really isn't literal like you know um and when you're brought up to believe that the bible is the inerrant word of god literal it happened like this and then you find out that it isn't it can rock your world but then you know there's that idea of uh, as we we're discussing you know there's there's that seed of truth wisdom inspiration in in the stories Mm -hmm. so you can you can you can tease that out so even if you know this past sunday um i i i i i did the most horrendous thing big wandavision spoilers in my talk uh this past sunday but i was talking about um you know the 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 grief of it and the and and how between that and me packing up to move and all this stuff you know i'm i'm all over the place with my grief feelings and i talked about jesus raising lazarus right and one of the things i was clear to say was like did this actually happen it doesn't matter right if you want to believe that jesus like literally resurrected lazarus from the dead and even literally resurrected himself later when we get to Easter, you're welcome to believe that. If you don't want to believe that, you don't have to. 
but but what's the message and the inspiration here from this story? And for me today, it's like, it's like the question is, did Jesus resurrect Lazarus to prove that he was the literal only imbued with holy power son of God? And he's demonstrating uh, his, his ability over death, even before his own death, mm-hmm. or was he in that moment unable to handle and resolve the grief of the death of his friend that he loved? And he said, screw it. I got, I'm going to raise him because I can't, I can't handle this pain of losing my friend. It's one of the two or three times in the scriptures we read about Jesus crying, Jesus overcome with emotion and you back it up. And earlier uh, Mary with Mary and Martha Mm-hmm. Were you know they were angry with him? If you were, oh, here, they were this would not happen. Yeah, where have you been? Yeah, they were they were blaming yeah, him. Was, well, for, and he was just death, and he's he like, had oh yeah, compassion on it, you know, right? So did he have compassion? Was he couldn't handle his grief, whatever? And I so I do this talk, and 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 I get some responses from people in hospitality afterwards and email, and they were like, we had never considered that option, but you know mm-hmm. that that could have been could have been a thing, right? So there's all these different ways you can look at it. And I believe the gift in, in that is, again, how does it relate to us? And that's the whole point of, our, of these spiritual teachings and stories, whether they're true, they're anecdotes, they're parables, whatever. Where are we in that story? Where's that story in us? And, and, and there's, there's wisdom. If the entire gospels, the entire Bible was all fabricated fiction, it doesn't matter because because the wisdom that's contained within those stories, the inspiration within those stories are what uh, uh, um, call on us to show up more as our God self or divine self, better, better human beings. We don't have to take them literally. And they're derived out of real human experience exactly. and real mm-hmm. human grappling with meaning, with the divine in all of that, which does make them true in the in the more important sense than in the literal historical sense, the uh, the the, right. the perennial wisdom sense. Yeah, right. So, and by the way, and by the way, Jesus raising Lazarus. So let's remember uh, on face value, like he raises him. We never hear about Lazarus again. So on face value, we think he's a miraculous thing. Remember, Lazarus has to die again. He has to die twice. Right. Right. Everybody who loved him has to see him die again. Again, yeah. <laughs> right? So was it really a good thing that happened? <laughs> I don't know. Should we really plan your funeral this time, Lazarus? <laughs> right. Is it really going to happen again? Because exactly. I don't know. And... It's like Brett Favre trying to retire. Are, and then they really? feel bad because they didn't retiring? plan the funeral. You know. Oh, so which... football players re- retiring. Did you see uh, Drew Brees have his kids give his retirement announcement? No. That was cute. That his was kids so announced cute. His I've had I've had a too. ridiculously busy day and I haven't like Derek's been like obsessed with it and I haven't gotten on it. Oh, but goodness. but oh, again, what you were just what you were just saying actually leads us to this next question. So um St. Patrick ch- chose to incorporate traditional Irish culture and ritual into his lessons of Christianity instead of attempt, attempting to eradicate native Irish beliefs. For instance, he used bonfires to celebrate Easter since the Irish were used to honoring their gods with fire. He also superimposed the sun as a a powerful Irish symbol onto the Christian cross to create what is now known as the Celtic cross um, so that the veneration of the symbol would would seem more natural to the Irish. And, And the question is, how do you feel about the style of mission work? Does it still happen today and should it? 
You say tomato, I say tomato. He writes incorporate, I say appropriate. And is it Celtic or Celtic? Um, in, in America, it's Celtic. It's Celtic. <laughs> well, you know, Americans and how right we've always been. I think it's always Celtic. Celtic. Unless you're a basketball team, it's always Celtic. Yeah, it's it's not, although Gaelic is very wrong. We It's it's yeah. like Gaelic or something. It's not. You say incorporate. Gaelic. I say it was appropriation. I, I think it was, I think it was intentional to, to um, pull folks into, into Christianity by using what they knew. I, I don't, I don't think it was a, I don't think it was a genuine uh, meeting of minds, middle ground, you know, what, what you, you, what you believe is valuable, what I believe in valuable, less combined beliefs. No, I think it was a, uh, we're going to use this to pull you over. So I, I, I think it was more malicious than, than and, anything else. And was that less fair to how he was adapting Christianity or was it less fair to the people whose native beliefs he was sort of pulling over into this other thing? The latter. Definitely yeah, it's less fair to the people, but it, but it also you you could say uh, shifts the the faith he's bringing also right because not not that what not that much right because it didn't it didn't shift the underlying uh, um, theology of what he was bringing. There wasn't an incorporation of theology. There was just an there was just a taking over of the symbology, and we see yeah, this at Christmas. Maybe that's right. Maybe that's things. right. What about so like I, December twenty five as the birth of Jesus, which also you know connects right. to sort of that's the, what I'm saying. Christmas, like all the you can look. I mean, most of uh, not the most. Well, but the a eggs lot of, of these, Easter is the fertility. Blah, exactly. Blah, blah. You know, a lot these, of these Christian things were taken but, over the, the 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 pagan symbols to to. But I have less, I have to, and not that I really have a big problem with any of it, quite frankly, but like I have less of an issue with using like something like the sun and fire, right? As symbols. Yeah. Um, no one owns sun and fire. Right. Like these are, so, and, and I mean, I don't know, I'm not, this is not actually a disagreement. This is just more of like a wondering, right? Mm -hmm. Of like, so at what point are you trying to, to, give a message and and so it's more of meeting where they are right meeting where you are yeah is it sort of like an analogy or something right so so in order to help you understand how powerful god is we're going to build a giant bonfire and we're going to dance and we're going to sing the way that you're used to understanding a worship of god but we're going to tell the story of the god you know kind of thing um, and I think about, so um, I, in Cuba, we, um, when, when I was there a couple of years ago, we went to a museum that actually um, separated out the cultures of the religions of Cuba. And Cuba did something very different when slaves were brought over. And that is that they didn't actually try to convert them immediately kind of thing. And when they did, it was to the Catholic tradition. And it and this these saints were actually their way for the people to say, oh, I can, I can worship this because this is very similar to our understanding of these things. Hmm. And this museum is there um, actually giving it, there's outfits, there's understanding of of the first um 
the first Africans to come over getting, you know, there it's their, this God of whatever, and this God of whatever. And, and we've done this over time. We do it today, right? We meld a culture into Christianity or, or something like that. And, and trying to, yes, figure out where that line of appropriation versus appreciation is. And it, you know? and it seems to me that this has happened time out of mind since the very beginning of, of certainly Christianity, but you might say other religious traditions as well, but Christianity is notoriously an evangelistic or missionary style faith, which is why it's spread all over the, the globe. And so I guess maybe my question is, is it, is it ever appropriate to go and bring one religious, a new religious tradition to a group of people in an attempt to overcome their current, what you, what are often termed pagan or native beliefs? Yeah. Is that ever the morally correct thing to do? You know, as someone who was raised Christian, we always thought, well, it's our duty. Not only is it morally right, it's our duty. And we're called by God to do that. But, you know, now I feel, you know, I feel all kinds yeah. of uncomfortable thinking about that that's a hard no <laughs> right so, okay. so ogan you're gonna say yeah. it's never a mission work is never appropriate no no no, 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 no mission because, work can be appropriate right so so if you were if you were going to be in service right so uh i remember um <clears throat> um someone i met in uh when i lived in virginia a few years back she was actually uh someone who worked at the school uh, with my uh, wife, Jennifer, and I forget which country in Africa she was from, but she talked about, you know, um, how because of the missionaries, she learned how to read, her daughter learned how to read, and because of them learning how to read, they were able to apply for U.S. Um, citizenship. They came over, her daughter is, you know, went to college and simply, you know, and basically a genius right now so 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 missionary work in that regards when you are going to serve those in need that's a good thing when you put that service uh conditional upon an mm -hmm. individual's um um adhering to your religious beliefs as like you know, you got trade, you don't get this if you don't believe what I believe, that's not okay. But isn't tradition all traditional mission work the goal to win converts to Christ? Yeah, so that part of it's not okay. <laughs> what I'm saying, right? So, there, so there's there's twofold. There's yeah, the, we there's switched the that model over a hundred years ago. Right. That there's, was there's a conversion piece stopped. of it, which I don't agree with, but but I'm not opposed to helping those in need and and I'm okay with so that. We do but it, you're also we do bringing it Western culture. At, sorry, go ahead, Shannon. No, they were, I mean, at this point, they've already got Western culture in their life. Well, you know, well I guess I'm, just... I'm talking about. Right. Well, so so uh, the Presbyterian Church USA, we, well, it wasn't that called that then, but over 100 years ago, stopped that kind of evangelism mission practice. Okay. And it was an alongside practice. And so while we're here, we may worship, we may even, you know, if you're interested Invite in that, you. teach you that. We may even invite you, but we're not here to convert you. We're here to, to build a school and to train your teachers and to do these things, right? That's, that's why we're here. Um, we're here to build a clinic and provide a doctor. And, you know, if out of that charity, you know, you feel somehow, you know, okay, right, yeah. about this and you want to know more, we're here for that. It's, it's we the do soft this in the, it's the soft, well, it is the soft but listen, we really do this is. you can't you don't have to go to 
You don't have to go to Africa. We do this on a daily basis in the United States. We have a soup kitchen where we say, come into our chapel, listen to our sermon, and then we will feed you. That's what we do, right? I'm I'm not a fan of that either. It's the same thing, right? And it's not okay. I don't like it. it. You're right. right. So the point is, you if we're reverse that order, if we're, we're charitable, you, and if you want to listen, listen. Yeah. If we feed you, you want to go, go. Right. So if we're a charitable, true, right, true charity, um, in term, in the best way of the word, I'm going to feed you. I'm going to sit down at the table next to you, and if we start talking, then and there's a natural flow for me to say, here's why I serve and here's why I do this. And this is important in my faith. And that person feels something about that and says, you know, I want to, I want to be part of that too. Fine. Right. But Jesus yeah, didn't it, say convert them, then feed them. Exactly. Well, exactly. also, and we, you know, well, that's not a great example, right? Cause Jesus, Jesus wasn't a Christian. He was a Jew walking among Jews. There was nothing to convert anyone to. Right. Sure, there was. There were a lot of Samaritans and Gentiles, and you know, he didn't okay. say you have but to you like convert. in order to believe in my teaching, you have to be a Jew, and then you will understand what I'm trying to say okay. to you. Fair point. Fair point. That's so that's there, yes. So there's a local uh, shelter here where they, in the past at least, I don't know if that's still the case, uh, had the condition that you had to attend a Bible study to get a meal or to stay overnight at the shelter. And they even required that you sign something saying you were committed to Jesus. And I remember a few years ago, there was a Muslim family that had no other option. And it was like winter and literally was forced to sign something that they were committed to Christ. And it made like, me, that feel, makes me, made me so angry. Mm. Yeah. It makes me physically ill. It, it makes me ill thinking of it. That's like, not, I, that's not genuine compassion. That's bribery. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Call it, call it what it is. By the I mean, way, we, uh, call back to a listener, Joe, yeah. who is now educating us that said St. Arnold saved his followers from the plague by suggesting they drink beer instead of water. There you go. Why didn't we think of that a year ago? There you go. He also (laughs) why didn't we, Doctor Fauci? You're no Saint Arnold. (laughs) I mean, everybody would have been a lot calmer. (laughs) That's that's true. Also, a frequent uh, frequent past guest host, uh, Eli Rabbi Mm. Eli. He said, "Missed the prompt, but want to shout out the great Rabbi Hista, famous first century brewer in Israel, quoted in the Talmud." There we go. Everybody's All right, I'm the gonna beer, try right? round two, see if it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I was just there beer. too. Very good. Oh, are you? <clears throat> yeah, so I mean, it could have been do... wear a mask and bottoms up. Could have been how we started this pandemic. I well, mean, listen, it that's, is how that's we how started I did the first pandemic. four months of the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Who am I kidding? It is how we myself. did it. We just didn't quite say it out loud, you know. <laughs> oh, I said it out loud. <laughs> well. Okay. I didn't say it from the pulpit. Let me put it that in way. My, in, in, in my talk this Sunday, I said to folks, how I know I'm really having the grief feels because the extent of my grief is directly related to the number of uh, potato chips I eat. And I'm currently on bag number three and yes. the third bottle of wine. So right. I know exactly. I'm in it and I'm yeah, not yeah. beating my, I'm not, I'm not beating myself up on it. I know this is what happens when I'm in that grief. I know that it's not fixing anything. It's not going to solve anything. Uh, but the salt and fat tastes good. And sometimes you just need stuff that tastes oh, 100%. good. 100%. <laughs> And yeah. listen, it'll it'll go. be fine. It will be fine. It will be fine. Um, How's yeah. round two going, Shannon? 
Well, I'm I'm letting the bubbles calm down first. Smart. And I'm, I'm gonna see I'm out. how that left. works. Um, I did even I, better. There you go. That's that's, that's right. A nice pour. Um, good. Sorry, I'm trying to. Um, the student has become the man. All right, let's not get carried away. Get out there. Okay, there, buddy. Let's just calm down a little. Um, so I was I was looking up um because I I there are a couple there's like another question about this assimilation process and I I kind of feel like we've answered it. Um so well I mean so you, let me just ask Do you want to ask this next because question? Don't aren't all religions like basically they've they've all at some level borrowed from other traditions like even if we go back to the beginning of of the hebrew bible in the jewish tradition yeah you know there's already elements in which they're borrowing from you know creation stories from other cultures and flood stories so is even, there even any the, religion even about that's hell, pure so, so. and not built on pre-existing material right we 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 i think we all borrow um to the extent that it serves us right so you know, the, the, the last question, not to jump ahead, but that last question you got here about is hell real, right? So um, my, my understanding of my Bible and religion history was that idea of hell, the devil was, was borrowed in um, from the Zoroastrians. Um, you know, in the early days of, Ju of Judaism, there was, there was God, God was responsible for everything. There was, there was Sheol, just this place that, which Rabbi Eli was here to talk about this, just the place where, where the spirits of the dead went. It wasn't a bad place or a good place. It was just the place. And, and, and the idea of, of, of forces opposing God, dark forces versus light forces was an idea that was, that was borrowed out of Zoroastrianism. An idea that it was accepted because how else could we explain we as a we as a people who were supposedly ordained by God and God's chosen people were suddenly overcome by all of these enemies and 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 scattered all over the place. So so we can pick up and borrow things um, if it if it feeds any narrative, if it feeds any belief, if we're looking for explanations. I always say to people. There's nothing wrong with believing anything you want to believe. The question is how much power you give to it and let it control you and the decisions that you make. So I, I, I think we have a history of doing that. Uh, and if we look how, as how Christianity has evolved over the years, I'm sure you'll, you'll see it being pulled from other things. You gave the great example of, uh, you know, the, the, um, the story of, of the flood, right? How yeah. many... How many other, uh, 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 you know, you, you got the story of the flood in, in the tales of, of Gilgamesh. You, you know, how many Bible stories have been borrowed or are strikingly similar to stories you find in other religions, uh, beliefs that predate Christianity, that predate Judaism? It's, it's a thing that happens. So sorry, time out. That was great. I was like, Thank I'm pan I'm I'm filling time as y'all are pouring drinks. No, 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 no. That was I, I, I don't mind. I think I that was good. Doing. Um, so update on my pour. Um, yeah. this one also did not work because and I'm wondering, here's what I'm wondering. Um, I am wondering because my Guinness was not cold. 
And I'm wondering if that is a factor involved. Ooh, that might be. Because my I mean, Guinness stout not... doesn't need to be cold to be great, but right. So my stout was out, but my harp was Stouts cold. are actually better at room temperature or slightly below room temperature. Which is why it wasn't a, in the fridge. Yeah, you don't need a super cold stout. <laughs> but like, but I'm wondering if, you know, because in the bar, they're in a keg and they're cool. So I'm wondering yeah, no. if it's. I think that's probably it. Because mine. Because mine yours was cold, worked right? fine. And they were both cold. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I did a. I did the turtle right, so like I don't. Anyway, I, I, that's the only thing that makes sense. So that's the only thing that. Makes I mean, sense. it can't be the turtle. Right, never. <laughs> no. It's clearly the poor. The turtle is perfect. The turtle. Can't blame um, the turtle. <laughs> Show actually, title. Can't blame, blame the turtle. Can't blame the turtle. <laughs> um, no, I think. I mean, I think that. Yes, right. Like there is there were, there's elements of all of it here. And that's okay. I just I, I don't have a I don't have an actual problem with that part of it. I really don't. It's like it's like the story. It's just what just, is. It is kind of what else. Um, yeah. Now, you know, the rest of it is. So I I actually you you took off the Beth Moore question. And I kind of wanted to talk about that. Oh, I'm, so, I'm just um, adding it right now. Okay, great. So. Um, so prominent evangelical author and speaker Beth Moore, we touched on this last week, right. um, announced that she was leaving the Southern Baptist Church. The famed Bible study teacher said she no longer feels at home in the denomination that once saved her life. Have you had to leave a tradition in which you were raised and what was that journey like? And the reason why I wanted to talk about it um, I mean, we've all on here talked about our leaving of a more evangelical faith to a better one. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I really didn't mean it like or how about journey from a more narrow place to a more expansive place? Oh, no, she's not wrong. She's not wrong. I just didn't think she'd say it out loud. <laughs> no, it just totally came out. That was perfect. <laughs> Well done. So she didn't announce where she was going, though, did she? She didn't say, I'm leaving this church and going to this church, Yeah, I think right? she's sticking within the larger Baptist. The larger text. Baptist yeah. tradition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so this is, sorry, that was super funny. This is not a woman I agree with, right? On on our, not on, every, obviously somewhere there's common ground to our beliefs, but like, it's not, I wouldn't hand out her books, right? But she's been shifting. If you follow she her on social been shifting. media. Yeah. Absolutely. She has been shifting. One, I think it's really important to leave room for people's spiritual growth. Whether or not that's to my taste or whatever, it's really important to leave room for that. Right. You you might want her over here, but at least she's taking a, a, a step from here to here. And honestly, I mean, even again, I'm I, even though I just said that, like, it's hard to even say like, this is better and this is worse, but yes, you're right. Like a hard. narrow view of Christianity is hard for me to understand. It is hard for me to get behind. And she has been opening and opening and opening. And I think that's important. So, so, so I, to bring okay. listeners up to speed who may not know who this is, cause mm. I had no idea who this was. Oh, really? It last week. And I had to wow. go look it up because I don't, I don't check into what's happening with the Baptists. Um, but but the reason she I'm really surprised you haven't heard of her though. Yeah, she's a big name. Hey, All right. I'm just That's I'm right. just saying. 
<laughs> she might be a big name, but the the reason she's a big name and what she talks no, about, that's fine. about that's fine. not yeah, my yeah, 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 yeah. right? She's yeah, not yeah. on the shelves at Unity Village. Oh Lord, no, no. not even not even mm-hmm. close. But but basically, she as as a woman who is a preacher, mm-hmm. right? And that's exactly what she is, right? That says women shouldn't be preaching, <laughs> right? There, she figured out. I can't. I can't be in this anymore. I can't be in this incompatibility. I do not. I am not welcome here. And and there may be this pretense of me being welcomed here, but I really am not welcomed here. And I think that speaks volumes to to finally someone saying, um, "I am clear about who I am," mm-hmm. and. And I'm clear that I have to go where uh, to a place that is in authentic alignment with who I am. And and it still, and her, it still and boggles me to this day that you will have. Um, and I looked her up and I'm like, holy crap, this woman is like super famous. And, and yeah. right. right. So yeah. so the fact that 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 the the the, the convention, the, the Southern Baptist is not willing to to look at their theology, beliefs, conventions, whatever, to say, we believe this thing, but here is this person that is not just challenging this thing, but pretty much proving it wrong. Yeah. Right? And who regular who would regularly ask her to teach them, exactly. right? We exactly. wouldn't call it preaching because that's forbidden, but to teach us. And then they started, they started uninviting her. Right. Because she was taking it too far. Yeah. God forbid, right? But what I so admire, I so admire her ability to stay true to what she sees as her call, whether or not this and and I I didn't love the church the way that she's describing her loving the church. It wasn't hard for me to leave. Right. I I do hear what she's saying though, genuinely. Um because you know we've all talked about this that there are actually we sometimes have issues with our denomination and you think about is there one that's better suited you know like it's just a thought in the head and and the idea of leaving this place that's nurtured you that's loved you that ordained you you know all of these things it's hard it's hard to think about so my heart goes out to her but what i really find so beautiful that i want to lift up is that she has a call and this church is constraining that call. And she says, then yeah. I have to leave yeah. and I have to go. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's about um, getting out of our comfort zones, right? Mm-hmm. I always say comfort zones, great place to live, but nothing ever grows there. So if you want to grow, you have to get out of the box that, that you found your first foot in. I mean, it's the journey of all of us, you know, entering into adulthood. And, and yeah. finding independence um, from 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 our parents. Yeah, and I was just talking with a friend today. You know, there are some people who go on a, a journey within the tradition. I mean, it usually begins within the tradition in which you were raised or first came to faith. Uh, and some feel a calling to stay there and try to work for change. Uh, but you know, I, I was reflecting that my own need to leave the denomination I grew up in for me centered around authenticity. Like I need to be able to be who I am and feel the freedom to be who I am and not apologize for it. That 
precipitated yeah. me needing to leave. Like I yeah. just couldn't be who right. I who I had become in that denomination anymore. Now some maybe can figure out a way to do that, but it's so hard. And it, and that's one of the differences, right? Like I joined a denomination where there were many things that I disagreed with, but they showed the good faith that those of us who were on the inside were doing the work to change yeah. the larger system. And that system showed us good faith. Yes, we're moving in this and direction. And that's important. That, that's, and that's what, that and I didn't have that. Right. Because if not, then you need to go. Right. right. Like if you're well, if you're the one trying to keep that train going, yeah. like and, it's not yeah. going to happen. And I admire I admire the tenacity of people who want to stay and transform. Um, it you, you shouldn't have to struggle that hard to belong. First of all, yes, that's, yes. That's exactly. You get exactly. worn out. You get exhausted. Right. right. Like and ministry is hard enough. If yeah. that's where your energy is going, it's exactly. not the right place. Yeah. And two, maybe that system needs to go. Right. Mm -hmm. And 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 part of trying to change it from within is almost trying to sustain it. Some things, you know, what does Ecclesiastes say? There's a there's a time for everything under the sun. Right. And maybe right. it's time for that to go. And, I, and I'm I'm and I'm loving where the you know I know it's a struggle and and heartache, but where the Methodist Church is right now that they are they're splitting. Yeah. You know, and I think that's a good thing. And I think those who are on the side of of the openness of accepting and ordaining uh, um, LGBTQ persons in the Methodist Church, that's the side that's gonna survive long term. The other side yeah. is 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 not because that's where we're heading. And, and isn't and, it just all the irony in the world that their mo like their tagline forever has been open doors? You know, oh. isn't that just the biggest the irony? Listen, ever? the door is open, but not everyone gets this. <laughs> sit down right and isn't but not there the like closet some... door not the closet door we need to leave that <laughs> there isn't there some methodist saying like that i'm gonna totally not get this right but in some things this and some things that and in all things charity like it ends with in all things oh, charity right. but then it feels like mm, in all things in all mm, things well and again oh, listen, I... we, we every everything has that let's be fair every yeah every, oh. everything has that i mean good god look at the constant look at look at the united states right 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 that 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 both uh what's 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 the declaration of about all men all help men me out here equal yeah all men created equal and right. and then not so much the folks whose skin color looks like mine right right and then we right. are going to count you as five you know <laughs> three fifths, three -fifths of a person and we won't action women by the way i recommend um amend on netflix um it's on the 14th amendment still on my watch list you know, whatever. Um, Derek and I have decided that we should have all these people do documentaries on each of the um, bill, like the amendments of the Bill of Rights, because that's really how we're going to learn what are, really our rights are as a, as a citizen of this Seriously. country. But anyway, <laughs> um, no, I just, I, so when I joined that, I was 17, 18, when I joined the PCUSA church, um, I'd been going for like, I've been going since I was 16. Um, and they did not ordain, um, any, well, basically the, the rule was we didn't, we don't ordain anybody who's outside the scriptural view of marriage. And basically if you have sex before married marriage, you're out too. Right. But they never would ask me if I had sex before marriage. Right. Like I wasn't their target audience for that. And of course, 
gay marriage isn't wasn't legal in the United States in 1997. And so th- when I was ordained and in 2005, I had a I had a member of my church that said, I won't become, or sorry, he was an attendee of the church. He said, I won't become a member as long as other people are excluded from this denomination. And I said, I completely understand that the important thing is we are excluding people and they're not allowed to have a vote and they're not allowed to have a voice right now. So we have to show up and we have to vote and we have to give that voice until their voices can be heard, you know, and that's, that's the tension we have to bring and we have to give. But again, I think the organization has to show you good faith that they're going there. Yeah, right. And and you might look at the wider picture of of the United States and democracy. And and some people have decided, you know, like in twenty after the twenty sixteen election, I have folks, I have friends who moved their family out of the country because they felt this is not a hospitable environment for me to raise my children. Right. You know, not all of us are in a I, position to leave the country. Sure, but there's something <laughs> to be said for force say well i'm a citizen and i'm going to work for change yeah and And we as you said we have built in that capacity for change right and brian what you did which is to say this is the domination that has nurtured me and loved me let's see right i'm gonna i'm gonna follow this path i'm gonna go down this path but at the end of the day they didn't they didn't show you the good faith and it was time to go you know and i think that i i think honestly like she tried right she tried she tried to go to she wasn't going to the convention and holding up era signs and all that you know like that's not what she was doing right but just by her teaching i hate that we're calling it teaching by her preaching you know she was showing them this is okay this can happen and i'm one of your greatest daughters let's not don't throw me away and they showed her no good faith and she needed to go Yeah. And And I was ordained in the tradition I grew up in for over a decade, but it was about after year one when I was like, you're like, whoa, I'm not sure this is where I should be. But I, you know, I stuck with it and and tried to be. And what's sad to me, what's sad to me is that oftentimes there are people still in those denominations that are quiet, even though they believe otherwise. That's right. That's the hardest for me. It's it's, it's the MLK line of, you know, it's the white liberals that are going to kill us. Like it's the, you know, I have the privilege. I don't believe what you're believing, but I'm going to still go along with everything. And and what I would hear from people a lot was, I am so glad you're here because you give me space to still be here. Like if you can be a pastor in this denomination, then I feel okay being a member and working for change. So, sorry, I'm not there anymore, but. Again, like the Southern Baptist Church showed her no good faith in, particularly in the last couple of years where they kept rejecting her speaking. No, they just kept, they kept saying, no, you can't speak, even though she once did and, you know, whatever. They kept changing the rules on her. They did. But we also have to acknowledge that last part of the question. What was that journey like? That's not an easy journey. That's Mm-mm. hard. That's traumatic. That's like yeah. you're, 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 you, you grieve it for so long, even though you're clear that you don't belong there or it doesn't belong right. to you. It's not your place. It's traumatic. And I, I'm not conversely mad at people who don't step into that. Because for a lot of people, it's like, I got enough in my life going on. I'm not going to take on the trauma it's going to feel like to leave a a, a place where, you know, 
I may not align with everything they say, but at least they're having me. Like this and is there's the one a cultural familiarity, a social right. it might It might be the there one are, stability and comfort in my life. Listen, there are still things I miss, right? Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah. there are so many things I miss uh, from the evangelical, and I was Southern Baptist. There are so many things I miss from that time and that church and the way, not just the way things were done, but how how it made you feel and what happened. And um, there's, so, and quite frankly, walking into a church where everybody knows their scripture, like, Oh, so nice. You know, like I there's do, just I this, do miss people who know Bible. Don't you know, <laughs> don't you miss people who just know their Bible, like just all the time. Oh, it's so great. You know, like, <laughs> but, but there are definitely, and I mean, I think God, you know, I speak in music, right. And I'll quote a old hymn and they're like, what's that? I'm like, oh. Yeah, I do. I do. I do miss <laughs> some good praise and worship music and unity. Yeah. I do miss some good like black gospel yeah. music. Like, yes. I, I, and even I, if the theology sucks, the music's great, right? Like, right? It's just, like you're like, like oh, great music, so great music and bad theology. Like, oh, it's terrible theology, <laughs> but it's so good. You it's know, so good. <laughs> it is so so good. Yeah. So I I just, I wish her the best. I hope she finds a home. I hope she continues to grow in a new home because I think, again, I said this last week, but I'll say it again because I think it's important. Even though I don't necessarily agree with where she even is now fully, she is important. You know, she is an important leader in faith yep. that has an audience that I will never reach. Right. And, and for her in, to be- sorry. For her to be able to grow and to show them what that looks like, yeah. I can't do that. So and she's calling out the hypocrisy and the sexism, yes. and that needs to be called out. Yes. And I don't think she needs to go find a home. She's going to build her own home. She, I think she I think will. She just figured out that she's got to build her own home. And the beauty and is in the Baptist church, you can do that. <laughs> you can do that. You don't have to be in the Baptist church. Like You no. can just go build your own home. But, yep. but these things need to be called out in this day and age. And I think... I think that's a good thing for for Christianity writ large, whether you know you're you're in the super evangelical end of things or the barely Christian unity end of things. Like these things need to be called out because that's how we grow and that's how we evolve. We can't we can't keep adhering to a theology and a doxology that is based on literal Bible sexism, misogyny, right. uh, racism. Like that, that's not okay. That's not who we are as a people now. And I think people are finding it harder and harder to conflate those two things and, and, and find the middle ground. And you don't, you don't have to. And it also means you don't have to throw out the entire faith as well. You, exactly. you, you evolve, you change. It's, it's okay. I, you know, Fun story. I, t I spoke to my mom this past Sunday and, and she's like, yeah, I think I'm going to go get my degree in theology. I said, oh, really? Now, granted, my mom is like, what, 73, 74 years old. Um, and she's like, yeah. And then, and then I love what she says next. And this is just an indication how far she's come. She's like, I don't want to go to any of those schools that belong to a certain faith. I need, I want to go to like a real college that, so I can find out the truth about things and not what. And I was like, I'm taking a hundred percent. You're like, what? Way to go. <laughs> and I also, and then I said to her, all right, well strap in because it's going to be quite the journey. And right. when all of this hits you and you don't know what to do, I'll be here for you. Right. Cause I'm been right here. There, been here, done that. I'm okay right now. 
but it was it was fascinating to hear her say that and it was it was awesome and 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 wow. also she has this weird idea that by continuing to do deep study and higher education at her age it will stave off dementia and i'm like that's not how dementia works but well, good for you keep <laughs> keep learning oh right 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 because if you do this brain puzzle you'll have memory right. longer yeah yeah okay. i'm like there's there's a lot I of benefits to, to keep working your brain in old age but the staving off dementia is not one of them that's not how it works yeah Listen, what, she's going to do what she's going to do. She's, she's going to do what she's going to do. Bless her. her. At least she got vaccinated. So there's 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 that. There's that. Excellent. She gave me all the conspiracy theories, but she got vaccinated. <laughs> but, she did, but she still did it. She still did it. That's all and that listen, counts. actions speak louder than words, exactly. mama. Exactly. <laughs> Get that shot. Well done. Well done. Well, thank you, friends, for tuning in to Pub Theology Live. You can show your love for the show by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Get access to extended interviews with special guests. You can tune into pre- and post-show banter. Visit patreon.com slash ptlive to get started. And a big thank you to our current patrons. You can listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. You can watch us live on Tuesdays on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash pubtheology around 4.45 Eastern time. And if you'd like to start up a pub theology conversation group in your town or see if there's one already there, visit pubtheology.com. So until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. So I think your theory was correct because I poured the last bit of Guinness, which had then been warm and it totally got rid of the split. Mm, I think it's the temperature. Yeah, I think it's the I think, temperature. I think it is. Yeah. Because my I'm last pour to... was a good one, but then I saved some stout. And then when I added it, it was all over. Yep. I'm going to refrigerate it and try it again later <laughs> and see what happens. Uh, very soon. I need to find it again. But there's oh. a cocktail week Ooh. coming up, and you go to this, you go to this bar, and they give you um, a mix of twelve drinks, and you try them, and then you vote, and like the bartender gets buzzed. Sign, whatever. sign me so, up. I'm on Friday. I'll be in town. <laughs> I know. I was like, I need to, I need to find the, like you just, you just pick it up from them. Oh, they oh. give you all the stuff. Gotcha. You pick it up. You go home, and you have like, it's like ten seven drinks or 10 drinks or something gotcha. and you have like two weeks or whatever and you i hope i haven't missed it i just realized when you were talking about cocktails i was like "Ooh, where's that thing so sign me up i'm there